1: Hey there, folks. This is Matt Welch, the sports editor with Star Local Media, and thank you for checking out this rapid reaction edition of the Star Local Media sports podcast. We are here to recap... Well, I guess uh, you know, regardless of what happens over the next week, I think it's—I think we can, at the very least, say this is going to be one of this is going to stand as one of these signature one of these signature wins, one of these signature games. Period. In Plano ISD basketball history, um, yes. For those who have not heard, uh, the Plano Senior Girls basketball team is bound for the state tournament for the second time in its history after scoring a uh, a pretty substantial upset. Over these states uh, the state's number one ranked team the two time reigning state champions the end all be-all to Texas high school girls basketball Duncanville the lady Wildcats control this game for the greater part of the final three quarters it felt and end up coming away with a sixty to forty eight victory to punch their ticket to San Antonio um, what a game what a performance um, this is yeah I I mean You think coming into this game that you look at these two teams on paper and just the, I mean, just the storied history on Duncanville's side and just the gaudy, you know, they'd only been beaten one time all season. I mean, they're arguably, you know, they're ranked as arguably the top team in the entire country. And then to watch just how Plano adapted to this game as it went along to the point where as we get into the second half and it's it kind of stopped feeling like an upset at some point, and you just kind of sit back and realize like Plano's just flat better than this team right now. Plano is, I mean this because this cause granted the Plano team that you know that is playing that uh, they played on Saturday is not exactly akin to the Plano team that you know folks have seen these first few rounds of the playoffs or even in the second half of district. This Plano team is a bit is much different. And um, you know, they use some of those you know, some of those differences in their in their style of play, specifically their depth, their newfound depth, and um just they progressively just wore down Duncanville in this game, and just a, uh, I mean, just a spectacular effort. Um, like I said, um, this is a game that you know really felt like for the greater part of the last three quarters that the game was being played on Plano's terms, which is something that is you don't usually say that a lot about Duncanville. Duncanville is not a team that is accustomed to having another to having its opponent kind of dictate the way that the uh, the way the game is being played. But sure enough, um, you know, you know, Plano was able to overcome a slow start, as has kind of been the case, you know, during the playoffs. Plano's never going to be a team, at least during this post this playoff run, that's just gonna come out and they're gonna crack you in the mouth and just blindside you with a uh, you know with a 15 to 4 start. I mean it usually takes Plano a quarter or so to kind of get a feel for what the opponent wants to do. And then once they settle into their groove on defense, it just it's just been a complete game changer. It's been a complete game changer all post season long against some pretty high caliber opposition, and um, they just did it, um, yeah, I mean, they just had one of, you know, one of their best, def- I feel like I've been saying this all postseason long, one of their best defensive performances, but, I mean, it's no joke, I mean, they just took down the number one team in the state by double digits, that cannot be overstated how impressive that is. Um, you know, the game really seemed to swing in Plano's favor about midway through the second quarter. Uh, Duncanville did lead for the heavy majority of the uh, of the first half, and um, led by as many as eight points. But Plano started to kind of get momentum a bit on its side over the second half of the second quarter, um, thanks in part to, um, you know, a big boost off the bench by Lolo Davenport. And, I mean, I'll get to, you know, just what her return is just kind of meant for this team, just in general, because this has been such a game game changer for them um but she has 10 points in the first half eight in the uh, in the second quarter including a couple threes um and she goes on to finish with a uh, with a game high 19 points but um it was one of those three pointers that did tie plano and duncanville for the first time all game with um with a minute left in the uh in the first half, uh, moments later, uh, Zaria Collins was able to get a layup in transition, give Plano a very brief twenty six twenty four lead before uh, just uh, Duncanville answers right back with a Zarya Green floater, and it was 26-26 at the half. So in a uh, in a half that felt like you know for the most part, Duncanville was kind of able to do as it pleased early on. You know, there's Plano just chipping away, chipping away, and they're able to play them to a draw. And then um, you know you kind of got to see some of the uh, some groundwork that Plano laid for the uh, for the second half specifically on defense um, Duncanville here's here's the defensive stat of the game Duncanville came out you know on fire Duncanville Duncanville knocked down seven shots in the uh, in the first quarter on their way to a 17 to 12 lead they converted seven shots from the field in the first quarter and converted only nine for the rest of the game think about that. That is an average of three made field goals per quarter. And this is Duncanville, one of the most high-octane teams in the state. And um yes, yeah, so Plano, and that's I mean, that is a credit to Plano's defense right there because you know, early on, you know, Duncanville was Duncanville was able to play things at the pace that it likes. They were able to get a lot of good stuff in transition. They did a good job passing around, you know, and attacking Plano's zone. Of those seven made field goals, Duncanville assisted on six of them. Um, I mean, Plano just tidy. I mean, Plano just tightened things up and just played with a bit more. They were just a bit more polished in every aspect of their defense, rotating well, contesting everything. They uh, they baited Duncanville into a lot of tough shots. I mean, a lot of just long, you know, a lot of mid range shots. Any stuff, in, any stuff inside the paint meant. I mean, you were having to shoot over, you know. Two, two to three sets of arms. I mean, just Plano allowed nothing easy. And, you know, Plano is one of the few teams in the state that can match Duncanville's size. You know, Duncanville and Plano are two of the bigger teams in the state. And just, you know, we've seen, I mean, if you've been watching Plano all season, you've seen repeatedly how big an advantage that is for Plano. Well, Duncanville has enjoyed a lot of those same advantages. They've got some size as well between Zario Green, Chrislin Marsh, um, and then especially their uh, you know their star post player, Hannah Gusters. But Plano had, I mean, Plano was able to match that and then some, and just didn't allow anything, anything whatsoever over those final three quarters. It was just such a struggle for Duncanville to score against this team, and this was compounded by Duncanville just having a just a rough day taking care of the ball. Um, They had 14 turnovers in the first half, 24 for the game, Um, just. I mean, yeah, and a lot of that was just a testament, though, to Plano's defense and their length, being able to harass, you know, they pressed a lot, you know, at times, and um, just being able to harass Duncanville in the passing lanes, just allowing nothing, uh, nothing easy, as I've said. I mean, yeah, this was, uh, it was, it was something else, just watching how, uh, just how Plano was able to get things dictated on their terms on the defensive end, and just render, I mean, a, an offense that's, I mean, just kind of had its way with just about every team in the uh, in the state, and just render them powerless. I mean, Duncanville was able to, um, you know, to help kind of, you know, offset their struggles from the field by at least getting to the line. You know, for the most part, you know, they did take 23 free throws, and that was, you know, kind of their saving grace. You know, in the in the first half, as Plano was uh, as Plano was starting to get a bit of a run together, Duncanville made only two shots from the field in the second quarter. Um, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, even though they uh, said they got to the line twenty-three times, but they only made fifteen of those free throws. So not a, I mean, not a, not a. I mean, I guess kind of an average night. I guess if you're going to break it down that way. But um, I mean, yeah, like you'll take that trade off gladly. And I mean, because you're you're basically then putting you know putting your chances of getting points in the hands of the officials and whether or not they're going to blow, blow a whistle or not. I mean, Plano will gladly take that trade off. Just when you uh, when you factor in just how effective they were at just taking away. Uh, you know, Duncanville on their, uh, on their first shot. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then things eventually just kind of snowballed from there into the second half. Um, you know, Plano really blows this one open with a big run, over the, uh, over the back end of the third quarter, I believe it was, a, I'm looking at my stats right here, it looks like it was a 9-1 to run. Um, you know, one thing that uh, you kind of look at how Plano approached the game from the first half versus the second half. In the first half, Plano was very reliant on post-ups, which is, you know, that's what they do. You know, Plano's got a lot of, Plano's got some strong post players, Emma Halverson, Jordan Merrick, players that are accustomed to working off that lower block. Um, Duncanville was not giving up, giving up anything down low, though. They doubled hard. Hard whenever uh, plano would push whenever Plano would uh, would enter the ball down low and um, you know plano tried to shoot over that length, but that is just i mean that is just so tough to uh so tough to do and plano much like uh you know much like Duncanville for uh you know most of the uh, game from the second quarter on Plano just couldn't generate any easy looks in the first half largely because they were trying to rely too much on their post offense well in the second half. They decided to spread Duncanville out. Um, you see a lot of the way that they they manufactured a lot of their offense in the second half, and most of it was you know, just whipping the ball around the perimeter and then attacking from there. So they, as opposed to just funneling the ball inside, Plano would spread out Duncanville, then attack off the dribble, and then wait for Duncanville to help out, and then generate the rest of its offense from that. There were um, there were a couple key sequences invo- involving uh, Zaria Collins that led to a couple easy buckets for Jordan Merritt, where um, you know where Collins would attack Hannah Gusters off the dribble, wait for Chryslin Marsh to rotate over to help, and you know Marsh would then leave Merritt open, and then Collins was uh, very nice in timing her pass right where um, right where there was no chance for Duncanville to recover, and Merritt got a couple easy baskets off of that, and um, that just kind of was a. Uh, you know, it was a, a welcome wrinkle for Plano in the second half because they were just not having any luck whatsoever attacking them down low. Once they started, uh, you know, trying to generate the offense from the perimeter, that seemed to open things up and really kind of let the offense breathe for uh, for Plano for the first time all game. And it reflects on the scoreboard. I mean, they ride that nine to one run to a forty-two to thirty-four lead um, entering the uh, entering the fourth quarter, and then they were up. You know. Three to four possessions the entire fourth quarter. I mean, Duncanville just looked, I mean, they looked a little bit spent. I mean, this was, a, you know, this was where I think the, uh, you know, the collective depth of Plano really took hold, which is kind of an ironic wrinkle because you, when you think of Plano, I mean, you know, Plano tends to typically keep a uh, a bit of a tight rotation. There have been games this postseason where they've only played seven players. Um, you know, but this was a game that I think that, uh you know, head coach Rodney Belcher knew going in that depth was going to have to be something that they used in their advantage, and it showed, because, um, you know, he made, uh, they made their first substitutions with 532 left in the first quarter, and I will say, of all the times that I have seen Plano play this season, that is far and away the earliest that I have seen Belcher go to his bench, and um, yeah, you clearly wanted to get you know, to start, you know, get eight, nine players in there early on, and just see how it would, uh, how it would kind of pan out as the game progressed. Meanwhile, you had a team like Duncanville, a Duncanville team that puts a lot of minutes on its starters, you know, especially in the wake of them losing, uh, you know, they lost one of their, uh, you know, one of their Division One players, Star Jacobs, earlier in the year to a, uh, to a knee injury. And since then, they've just had to put so many minutes on their starters. And, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't go to their bench until about midway through the second quarter. And even then, they only really played six players until late in the fourth quarter when Hannah Gusters fouled out. So, I mean, you're just fact. You factor in just the depth advantage that Plano had in this, and you could kind of see, especially as the game wore on, um, just some of the uh, some of the buckets that uh, the Duncanville was giving up looked to be kind of symptoms of fatigue. I mean, there was one. You know, I talked about that run that Plano made in the third quarter. Um, it was capped by a uh, by a fast break layup by Zaria Collins, where Collins just beat the entire Duncanville team down the floor. There was nobody who got back with her, and you just never see Duncanville just give up that kind of stuff in transition. I mean it's so yeah I mean it was just and then you saw there in the uh, in the fourth quarter and once again I'm going to bring this right back to Collins one of the uh, one of the big sequences once Plano got a, got a bit of a comfortable lead and tried to uh, you know tried to run some clock was trying to uh, was the job that they uh, that they did luring Hannah Guster's outside of the uh, of the paint and trying to negate her size by then putting her uh, you know putting her quickness to the test and a lot of that was um you know with Zaria Collins just given more of a more of a ball handling role and having to uh you know kind of isolating her on Gusters and having her work her off the dribble and i mean yeah it really kind of it really paid dividends you know she was able to i mean it felt like she was able to dribble around you know Gus, Gusters for about 15 20 seconds before she just breaks her down off the dribble strolls right in for an easy layup and for a uh, for a 50 to 41 lead and then later on i mean they just they kept on luring Gusters Out of the paint, and then eventually she just starts committing fouls, and what felt like just kind of out of frustration more than anything. And eventually she fouls out with you know with a couple minutes left in the game. And by that point, I mean yeah, Duncanville just looked like they had uh, they had met their match. I mean, this is a team that you know Plano and Duncanville have a lot of stylistic parallels with their size and just the uh, the the passing that that both teams have, and just their collective IQ. And yeah, I mean just. It was fascinating just to kind of see how those two styles would play opposite uh, opposite one another. And credit to Plano because Plano just they they flat out beat Duncanville in a lot of the areas that Duncanville has traditionally been very strong in. And um, yeah, as a result, they are they are headed to the state tournament a, uh, a, a a a major a major win, one of the hallmark wins for the Plano girls basketball program. You know, regardless of what happens, you know, next weekend down in uh, down in San Antonio. But um, let's see, let's look over some numbers from this game. Um, like I said, I mentioned Lauren Davenport, and um, I mean, it cannot be. Uh it cannot be stated enough just what an impact she had on this game, and just what kind of impact she has now on the team. Period. As she is now back with them, this is one. This is her second game back after missing the previous six weeks. And as a um, you know, and for the sake of retaining the same lineup that they've been playing for all this time, they've decided to bring uh, Davenport off the bench, and she has just fit in as just this. M- it just just this massive weapon, just this massive boost to what um you know, to what Plano can do offensively by giving them a player that's capable of getting twenty points off their bench and um it just gives them another ball handler, another shooter, another defense. It's just I mean, she's a division one commit. She's going to Delaware. I mean, just not many teams get the luxury of, of get of you know getting a division one player back into their rotation halfway through the playoffs. And uh, yeah, Plano was um. I mean, has reaped the benefits big time with Davenport so far. And, uh, yeah, she was, you know, she was big down the stretch in this game. She knocked down six free throws in the fourth quarter and really, you know, to really help kind of put a, uh, you know, put a stranglehold on this one. She goes on to finish with a game-high 19 points. And yeah, just her presence alone really does just elevate the the ceiling and the floor for this team, you know, in the event that someone gets in a foul trouble, you can put in another, you know, 6-foot, you know, 6-foot player off your bench and really not miss much of a beat. Um, You know, and then by that same accord, you know, you look at what, you know, what this time without Davenport has done for the maturity and growth of some of Plano's younger players, like Jordan Merritt and Zaria Collins, and even off the bench with Maggie Robbins and Michaela Edens, and now you're getting to see the collective of all that together, and, I mean, yeah, it's... uh, Today was uh, today was a very very impressive statement by what this Plano team can do when they are at full strength, which they have not been for uh, you know for the past six weeks. Um, let's see. So you had Davenport with 19 points. You had Jordan Merritt with 12 points, and just Merritt was all over the place with this one. She had five steals, two blocks, four boards. Um, just yeah, I mean yeah, just chipping in every which way for Plano. Her length was a major major deterrent for Duncanville. Um, you know, you had uh, let's see, going down my stat sheet. Sophie Flaherty had eight points. Katie Farrell had three points. She knocked down a three in the first quarter, but was still big with uh, you know with seven rebounds, five you know five assists, you know two steals. Uh, she had multiple blocks. You know, was really part of the collective effort by Plano to try to uh, deny Hannah Gusters anytime she got an offensive rebound. Um, and then uh, let's see Emma Halverson, who has uh, six points, including a couple big buckets in the third quarter that really jilted that uh, that nine that nine one run to close out the quarter. Um, yeah, just impressive stuff all around. I'm mean, even looking at my numbers. Even Maggie Robbins came off the bench with four points and in uh, three steals, or four steals, I should say, four steals. Um, so, yeah, I mean it was the, the contributions were widespread in this one. You know, for uh, for Duncanville, you know, Zario Green and uh, Crislin Marsh, they have thirteen apiece. Uh Hannah Gusters had 12 points, but an absolute just laundry list of rebounds. I'm looking over here, 4, 8, 13, 17 rebounds, and well over 10 of those were offensive. I mean, so there really was no answer for her down low from a rebo- from from a rebounding standpoint. But you factor in though that how many of those offensive rebounds you know, was Duncanville able to create points off of, and not that, I mean, not many, I mean, there was not a whole lot of second chance offense for them in this one, so even though Plano might have struggled on the glass containing Gusters, at the end of the day, you know, not only, at the end of the day, you're still holding Duncanville without a basket, and it's just more time that bleeds off the clock that Duncanville's not able to cut into the deficit, so, you know, it definitely uh, it worked in Plano's favor in that, uh, in that capacity. Um Another, uh, another ironic note from this game, if you just want to kind of get a, a, a nice little full-circle vibe as to just kind of what this Plano team has come from, um, this is the second time in four seasons that Plano has eliminated Duncanville from the playoffs – um, back in 2015, the Lady Wildcats got the better of Duncanville in the area round, which is the second round of the playoffs. They beat them 59 to 48. Uh, this was the team back when, uh, you know, way back when players like Katie Farrell and Emma Halverson, they were only freshmen, but they were in fact starting for playing to win that game. So they have now, uh, yeah, very few teams can say that they go two, that they've, uh, that they can rack up two wins against Duncanville in the playoffs during their time in high school. Um, yes, nevertheless, Plano, uh, those two are very part of that, uh, part of that very select company, but, um, kind of funny that, you know, back in 2015, they beat Duncanville 59 to 48. And then fast forward to today as seniors, players like Farrell Halverson, they beat Duncanville 60 to 48. So yeah, in, uh, in three years time, almost by the, uh, almost by identical scores, Time really is a flat circle, folks. And um, so yeah, so now uh, now Plano turns its attention to the state semifinals, which will take place on Friday out at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Um, we're still not sure what the schedule is going to be. The game times are going to be either seven o'clock or eight thirty for the uh, for the six a semifinals. Uh, we do know at least who the final four is uh, is going to be. Um, obviously, you have Plano coming out of Region One as the number eight ranked team in the state. Uh, per the Texas Association of Basketball Coaches, over in Region Two, you've got a bit of a, a bit of a Cinderella candidate. You have Sachse, um, another team that we cover. So um, yeah, we could get some uh, we could get some cross market love here in these state semifinals. Uh, you know, Saxey, despite not being ranked, Saxey was impressive though in their uh, just in their demolition of District Ten Six A, and they uh, they did not let up in the playoffs. They are sure enough bound for the state ch- for the uh, for the state tournament for the first time in their history, and um, you know, fresh off a pair of a uh, pair of impressive wins. Over over a couple of the Pflugerville schools in the, uh, at the regional tournament, including one in the regional semis, I want to say, against Pflugerville High, where they erased a 20-point deficit and came back to win by, I think, 12? I mean, so, yeah, I mean, just... Sachse clearly playing with a, uh, with a lot of confidence and, uh, in Mojo right now is they're making some history of, uh, of their own over in region three, you've got Cypress Creek, the number seven ranked team in the state. And then in region four, you got Converse Judson, who is number two in the state. Um, Kind of an ironic note. You wouldn't think this, given the uh, given the proximity between these two schools. Plano and Judson have actually already played this season. They played back in November at the Thanksgiving hoop fest, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Plano actually won that game, forty-two to forty. And, um, you know, a sign that uh, I think back then, at least, you know, from my standpoint, that was definitely a game that jumped out as, like, a, uh, you know, a game that I think, like, once you saw what Plano was able to do and pressed against, you know, top-tier competition in the state, that, like, okay – you know, Plano might be able to, you know, Plano might be able to make some noise this season, you know, we'll see what holds, but, um, you know, obviously early on in the year, that was a, uh, kind of an inkling of things to come as far as what Plano would be capable of, and if I recall, Plano was actually, uh, handed in that game as well, um, but yeah, just, uh, but obviously that was back in November, I mean, if them and Judson, you know, draw each other in the semis or at any point during the, uh, during the state tournament, who knows, I mean, that was a, <laughs> November was an eternity ago, but, um, yeah, we shall see. Um, sometime, uh, I believe, tomorrow is when the UIL will announce the state semifinal draws. And we shall see what is uh, what is up next for Plano Senior in the, in the uh, state semifinals. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be the one making the trip down to San Antonio, because like I said, Saxy's going to be there as well. So it's probably going to be either me or Devin Hassan, who is the sports editor for our roulette paper and has covered Sachse, you know all season long. So um, nevertheless, though, Star Local Media will have some sort of contingent down there at the state tournament to cover Plano and sexy and uh, make sure y'all are covered uh, wire to wire on the happenings in the 6A state tournament in the meantime folks, that just about does it for me here um, hey, this has been Matt Wilk with Star Local Media I appreciate y'all for checking out this podcast uh, you can check out my game story plus some video highlights for this one on our website at starlocalsports.com um hey it's uh, you know once again congratulates to Plano. congratulations i should say to uh to Plano senior this is um you know being uh, you know kind of following you know a lot of these players over the course of the last you know of the last four years um you know it's always cool to see a team like this get on one of those dream playoff runs especially if it's a team that just that you know just isn't can you know competing at the state tournament all too often you know this is only planos second trip to state their first time since the year 2000 um so yeah happy times for the folks over uh over in the uh, over at Plano. So we'll just see what happens in the uh, in the days to come. Um, Yeah, once again, folks, Matt Welch with Star Local Media signing off. Appreciate y'all for checking out this podcast. Y'all enjoy the rest of your weekend and I will talk to y'all later.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area.